0: listener beware no time to game is a podcast chock full with spoilers if your intent is to play this game and you don't wish the ending to be spoiled turn back now and then come back when you're done and let's talk about it Welcome to No Time to Game, a quest for game life balance where we play and talk about short games, indie games, and anything else that doesn't demand you sacrifice your relationships or spend hours searching for collectibles for precious scraps of lore. I'm Devin and I just don't have the hundreds and hundreds of hours anymore to play MMOs, open world games, and loot grinds.
1: And I'm Josh, and I think
0: video games are neat. I do too, buddy. This week, I played Ori and the Blind Forest on Xbox One developed by Moon Studios and published by Microsoft Studios. This was a heartwarming platformer journey with enjoyable yet challenging mechanics.
1: But before we get into that, what have you been up to, Josh? Uh, I've been playing through uh, Shadow of War, which is a Lord of the Rings game. Uh, It's a sequel to Shadow of Mordor, and uh, it's sort of like a stealth combat army building kind of thing. Those are really interesting games. There's a lot of different elements going on. I have played
0: both of them. The first one more than the second but um, but yeah, I really got hooked on uh, Shadow of Mordor specifically.
1: Yeah, I think I beat that one twice but it's been a while and so I think with it, with a game like that I don't want to jump right from beating the first one to the second one so I took a little break and, and uh, finally got around to playing Shadow of War and uh, it's good. I, I think I like it better than the first one. It was I found it kind of tough starting off in a game like that where you know what powers you're going to have later because you played the original. Right. It was hard for me to start off, you know, without all the abilities and stuff, but I think they took that into account. It felt like they really gave them to you really quickly in the second one. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't
0: remember that specifically, but how far along are you in this now? Are you, you've got all your abilities now and you're building your armies? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've got all the abilities. I think I'm, like, halfway through the story or something, but I'm sort of just taking my time, and it's a nice, chill game. I'm not really a big Lord of the Rings fan, so I don't really care about the story and stuff all that much. Sure. But it's a lot of fun to just, like, play and build out the armies and stuff, and just, like, I just, you, the way it works, I guess, for anybody that doesn't know is, like, you have these sort of leaders in the enemy army, but you can dominate the enemy captains to work for you. So you can kind of start with the low level ones and then recruit them and then have them backstab their leaders. And then you kind of take over the leaders and then you go after their leaders. And so I've been having a lot of fun with that mechanic, just basically taking over the entire army and just, you know, getting them one by one, turning the whole thing to my side. It does certainly satisfy. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, that's a very satisfying element. And it makes it really easy if you do it that way, too. Then when you get to, like, the big bad boss, all of his, like, generals and stuff just stab him in the back, and then then everyone's suddenly on your side, and he's just looking around like, well, this is going poorly for me. That would
0: be a great way to play those games. I don't think I I quite uh, was as thorough as that,
1: but that would be a a good way to to go about it. Yeah, it's a a good time. Anyways, enough about that. Let's uh, jump right into Ori and the Blind Forest. So I think we talked about it a bit. We're not going to spoil the story too much. It, it We wouldn't do it justice talking about it because of the way the story's done. Um, it's, you just sort of have to experience it. It's a lot about the visuals and, you know, the music and all that stuff that would be hard to do justice to here. And it also wouldn't really add much to the podcast, but would potentially ruin a lot of stuff about the game. So um, mm-hmm. we'll just sort of. Skip over that, and uh, with that in mind, you want to just um, sort of give us a brief rundown of how it starts and sort of, you know, what you're trying to do, basically, without going into spoiler territory.
0: I will say that in their brief little intro uh, to the game, to the story, the characters, um, it starts right off with a, a a jab to the to the feels. Um so you're you're I'm not going to say anything but right away you're feeling like you're invested in this character, you're invested in in this journey um and I don't know about you you specifically the listener but I was shedding a few tears. Um and then you uh you're sent out on a quest. Essentially I think you're this little this little light sprite of some kind um and it is your quest to restore um the the forest um the forest has become sick um there's blight and uh i guess it's you could say it's blind um and you need to restore its sight um by uh resurrecting the spirit tree Um, there's actually three different trees or three different sites um that you need to visit and restore in order to um you know, restore the forest to its former glory.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I, I never really thought about what Ori is until just now while you were saying that. He's sort of like, he almost looks like a little bipedal cat or something with really long floppy ears. He's just... He like does. Cute yeah, cute white animal of some sort.
0: He's very cute. But Ori, um, you, there's a kind of a... I wouldn't call it an. I guess it's the narrator, but it's more uh, a little companion that you have. That it's just a like a a ball of light that follows you around and occasionally reads things. Um, and it refers to you. It calls you my light, um, or maybe it's the spirit tree that's calling you my light. Either way, Ori, I found out because I looked it up, is Hebrew for my light.
1: No, well, so interesting. There you go. Yeah, I think
0: it's a little. You're a little light. Yeah, I,
1: I don't think it's meant to be any kind of you know, known world animal. There's a few things in this that are not like the whole thing's quite fantasy oriented. I think it's all sort of all over the place with that. But, uh, yeah, a lot of references to the light. And I think the the problem with this, with the uh, spirit tree was losing its light or something. And that's why the forest needed saving and you had to restore the light and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you called it a platformer in the intro and, uh, Oh, is it not? I it is a platformer of sorts, but it's sort of more of a specific kind of platformer. And I'm wondering if you are familiar with um, the term Metroidvania or the genre of Metroidvania.
0: Sorry, excuse <laughs> me. No,
1: <laughs> it's um, it's sort of a, it's a mashup, I guess, of of Metroid and Castlevania, which are the two games that sort of pioneered this genre. Um, I think both on the NES originally and then on, you know, Super yep. Nintendo and, and on they're still making them. There's a new Metroid game coming out soon that was just announced at the C3. Um, but it's, it's basically the term they use for these types of games where it's sort of one big two-dimensional map that you could explore everywhere kind of from the get-go but you don't have the abilities to do so. So there's a lot of, like, Mm. backtracking and stuff. You you know, you find yourself going by a path and saying, like, oh, I can't get up there. Or there's, like, a, you know, a rock you need to blow up or something. In in the Metroid games, there's sort of sci-fi. So usually you need to blow something up with a rocket or something that you don't have. Um, And so there's a lot of backtracking in these games and sort of a, you know, uh, you you just uh, come back and find power-ups and new areas and that leads to more power-ups and and all these things so that's kind of what i think makes a metroidvania is mostly just the the big sort of interconnected map the exploration and the power-ups
0: right now that you have mentioned that i have i've played a little bit of castlevania but i've played a few metroid games and i didn't make that connection but now that you've said that yeah no it's exactly what yeah that
1: is. I, I never really yeah. got into either of those series um metroid i i played a little bit of the super nintendo one actually you know not that long ago maybe two years ago or so and uh mm-hmm. it still really holds up surprisingly like it's really good um so great game yeah i can yep. see where you know they kind of spawn that genre but uh castlevania is one i never really played too much of um no, There's a so. few other ones. That's the one where you've got like a chain, like a yeah, yeah, whip yeah. chain, right? Yeah, like a,
0: and you can swing with it.
1: Probably, I didn't play them very much. Yeah, but there was there was a lot of Castlevania games. I think they're still making them, though. I I don't know if they're oh, really? even in that same style anymore. I know there was one on the, the uh, Xbox 360 that I played that was more of like a a beat 'em up style, like a Devil May Cry kind of game. Right. Um, but uh, I've I've played a few other Metroidvanias that were really good. Um, there's another one in Game Pass called Hollow Knight that's really good. Um, Guacamelee. I think the second one of that is in Game Pass, and the first one used to be. Those are kind of fun. They're like cartoony. You're like a, a luchador. I think they're I called. That. Like, yeah, I played Guacamelee. Yeah, so the, that's a that's another Metroidvania. And um, have you ever played Shadow Complex? That was a, a good one. I think that was an Xbox 360 game as well. No, you were like a guy going through some weird underground facility with guns and stuff. It was pretty cool. It was, a, it was a lot like a Metroid game. But yeah, they're they're all they're all pretty similar. Um, generally, the the only thing that really is different is what the abilities are and kind of how the combat works is it, sort of always different. Um, sure. And on that note, the the combat in Ori and the Blind Forest I found was very unique um, do you want to talk about that for a little while yeah.
0: yeah that was pretty cool um, so I guess the, the basic attack was called uh, the spirit flame and it, it just really looked like you were just shooting kind of like light at enemies um, and yeah you'd just be mashing the x button to, to uh, shoot these spirit flames um, and I think they were kind of seeking like I think they just went towards the enemy that was close. Yeah, they yeah. did. They definitely did. So you're close to an enemy. You you press this a bunch of times and it goes up and it destroys it in a few hits. You can upgrade it in your skills, um, make it stronger, and more effective. But then kind of as you go, this is true of the Spirit Flame and all of your abilities. Um, um, you can get more more attacks. So there's like a, a ground stomp that was really effective against certain enemies. Uh, if you're in the air, you can, I think, double tap down or something and then do a big, a big smash. Like a Yoshi and, ground uh, pound. Yeah, basically a Yoshi ground pound. And um, there was also like a charged spirit flame. Where you hold X and then release it. And it, I didn't use that for combat. I barely used that for combat. I didn't find it fast enough. I just yeah. much preferred mashing the X. I used it for, you know, you could use it to open certain um, like walls to explode certain walls and right. stuff. Um, but other than that, yeah, you're mostly just mashing the, uh, the X button to kill these enemies. I mean, there is a few down the line, you get an ability that you can, uh, I really liked this ability. I found it, like you said, quite unique where you can hold Y, um, as an enemy projectile is flying towards you and you have a moment where uh, time freezes and you've, you've got, uh, kind of an arrow that you can move. Um, that's centered on the projectile and depending which way you move the arrow um, the the point of the arrow will d- determine where you uh, launch because you can use it to get places get higher up um, but the projectile will also will go the opposite direction so i often used it to um, to shoot at back at the enemies that shot it i found it really really useful for that um, to deflect basically because some of the enemies were really hard and you couldn't use your spirit flame or it would take a long time to use your spirit flame but if you sent their own uh, projectiles back at them you could kill them in one or two yeah it did a
1: lot of damage that that was a really cool mechanic because you could launch off the enemies themselves or their projectiles so you could like throw them off a cliff or slam them into each other or hit them with their own projectiles and like you said it also let you um you know get to places that you couldn't otherwise get which that that was another kind of common thing that goes with the metroidvania um genre that like all of these abilities that you get um some of them you find sort of just from exploration some of you you get uh from leveling up um i think generally you find them from exploration and power them up from leveling up but i I don't exactly remember Mm -hmm. if that was always the case but uh yeah, you, you often, any of the combat stuff sort of also doubled as exploration. But then there were also a lot of exploration power-ups. And, uh, you know, there was quite a few of these that as you found them, like we said, they unlocked new areas that you could go to by either smashing through a wall or, you know, ground-pounding through the floor or just being able to double-jump. Um, there was Or triple-jump. Was there a triple-jump? No. Yep. There was if you if
0: you got enough level ups. There was I didn't I got it so late in the game that it I didn't find it that useful. I'm yeah. more used I'm more used like the um I forget what they actually called it, but it was just like the you know the dash in the air where you're, yeah. you're launching off of projectiles. So
1: yeah I I guess I should I should admit it's been a long time since I played this game um so my memory's a little hazy on some of this stuff of sure. sort of when it when it all happened, but yeah there there was. A wall jump, I think, that you got right away. And then there was a double jump and then eventually a triple jump. There was a feather that you got that let you glide. Oh, yes. Um, There was a climb that let you sort of grab onto the walls and just sort of walk up them, which you could kind of do with the wall jump. But I think this helped for some certain areas that you couldn't otherwise go. Um, And then there was a charge jump, which let you just sort of launch really high into the air, sort of like the uh, you know Super Mario Bros. 2 where you hold down until you start flashing and then launch up for extra height.
0: Um, yeah, so that one you could launch straight up or you could hold on to the wall and launch Right, out yeah, well.
1: you could kind of combine the abilities together to do even more That's stuff. Right. Um, and the Dash one you mentioned, it's funny you say that that was the one you used a lot. That actually was added in the Definitive Edition which is the addition of the game that you played, so that dash didn't exist when the game first came out.
0: Is that the is that dash is that the same as the one that you're doing off of projectiles? No,
1: that was always in it. It's like the uh, there's one call that's called dash that you can either do on the ground or in the air once you power it up, and that lets you just. Yeah, get I didn't a, get that. Oh, maybe you didn't go through the. I think it was part of an optional dungeon. Oh, sure. No, I didn't find that. I should go back. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely go do some of the optional stuff too uh, because the, the way it worked was they released this game and then a year or so later they released a Definitive Edition which was its own separate game. And I think they either gave it to people who had bought the original or sold it for cheap for those people or something. I forget. but So I, I played this game through twice because I played it originally and then played it again when the Definitive came out. Right. And uh, <laughs> I did go through all of the, you know, the, I think it added two optional dungeons and uh, each dungeon had its own ability. Mm. Um, and it also added the ability to fast travel. So in the original game, you couldn't fast travel. Oh boy. So that was a very welcome change. But yeah, the, the, extra, the extra abilities was really cool. Um, so yeah, it let you basically just kind of jump sideways in the air. So instead of a double jump, which kind of is more for height? Yeah, it was more of a like a horizontal burst well, that um, would have been useful. And then it, it also gave you a, another combat ability that was sort of like a grenade. I don't really remember using that one too much, but uh, the hmm. the dash is cool.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I didn't I don't know where that would have been. Like I didn't see yeah. an area that there was an optional. Like a dungeon that I missed? I'm not sure. I
1: think they were near the start, but you, again, you had to backtrack to kind of go back to them. I remember right. one of them was really dark and you had to do something with a flame, I'm pretty sure. Unless I, I might be mixing that up with the se- with a spot in the sequel, but I think it was in the first one. Um, okay. But yeah, if you go look at your map, you should see kind of the entrances to these places that, that you haven't been to if you did want to go back to them. Sure, definitely do. I really liked this game. But yeah, that's kind of, you know... The, that's sort of how it worked for how you advance the story. You would go do basically a location and at the end of the location, you would find some sort of new ability, which would let you get to another location, either off of the one you were at or back somewhere you had previously been. Um, generally the ones that you, the places you had to go next, you would sort of just end up there when you finish what you were doing. Like it was really well-designed map, yes. you know, kind of like in, Skyrim or something when you go through a dungeon and you come to the end and it turns out you could have just went in through the back door and you come right out into town or something (laughs) you know it's sort of like that to to always guide you where you needed to go yeah yeah and that's that's the other thing about Metroidvania is like I I feel like they would be fun to make but also really challenging because all the best ones have just exceptional map and level design that like it must take you know, so much tweaking and planning and drawing it out over and over to make sure that all these places are going to line up, not only in a way that, you know, you can get everywhere you want to go and fit everything, but in a way that naturally kind of guides the players to where they need to go next because it'd be very easy to get lost in a bad Metroidvania.
0: Yeah, it would. Yeah, I feel like I have, maybe just because I'm not great at these style of games, but I feel like I have been lost in a Metroid game. Um, but I think maybe I was just trying to get somewhere that I couldn't get yet, and I didn't realize that that was you know the style of game I was playing. So, just trying, yeah, trying, trying really hard to get places that I am not supposed to be yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the other challenge too. Is, is as the player, you got to know when to when to keep trying and when to say, "All right, I, I, this is obviously not somewhere I'm supposed to be." There must be
0: another route. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then I think in this game they really did that well like it seemed like oh yeah i i i mean it, i don't remember hearing anyone complain about it and you know looking at the reviews and stuff it was a very well-reviewed game and that's the kind of thing people would have heavily complained about mm-hmm. and i i certainly didn't notice any of that kind of stuff so it was definitely i i can't uh, sing this game's praises enough for its sort of level design and stuff it was intricate for sure it was very very well done Um, the, the other thing I guess that we didn't talk about as far as sort of combat and stuff is, um, you have, uh, health orbs, I guess. They're just these little circles of health and you also have energy ones as well. And so that's your entirety of your stats is basically your health and your energy. And every time you get hit, you lose an orb or two of health. And every time you use one of your abilities, you lose an orb or two of energy and you could find, like, I think there were plants that you would find that would kind of charge you back yep. up. Um, but part of the whole exploration thing was you could find um, upgrades to give you more health and more total energy. And that was something that was really important if you wanted this game not to get really hard really <laughs> quickly.
0: Yeah, you tuned into my stream one time and told me you don't quite have enough health for where you are in this game you should probably do some backtracking and I'm glad I did yeah. because there were a lot of places that uh, were opened up to me now um, that mm-hmm. I hadn't bothered to go back because I you know, often when I game I find that I'm just like the type of gamer that will just grab onto a story and just want to get it done um, and just kind of keep trying to go forward but um, and backtracking is not something that I, that I naturally like doing. But this game really, you know, needed it and asked for it and was designed for that. So I am glad I did because I got so much health all of a sudden and a lot of energy. And
1: Yeah, I think it was energy that I remember seeing that you like when I tuned in, you had something like nine uh, health circles and three energy or something like it was really low. And one thing that this game did that was sorta of unique was you had to build your own save points from like an energy orb. Yes. So if you were low if you had low energy, you were basically using it all to save and being really stingy with your saving yep. and and that definitely that, is gonna make things a lot that harder for bit yourself me in the ass a, a lot. Times. Yeah yeah a lot of running through the same area because you go through and then you die and you didn't save because you only had one energy (laughs) orb left and
0: yeah now that really that yeah that was a pain like there was a few times that I either you know a couple of times that I forgot and ended up back having to do it all over like a lot and then after a couple times I realized that this is not the way to do this um and I did not forget again
1: yeah, well, once you go back and start picking up all those energy orbs and you get up to the point where you have, you know, 9 or 10 of them, I think it maxed out at 12, maybe, um, you you can really save whenever you want. You don't have to be stingy with it, and it makes life a lot easier. So anytime you do any kind of a hard jump, kill one difficult enemy, it's just like, well, I'm going to save yep, again.
0: don't want to do that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did. They changed that in the sequel. So in the first game, you use your energy to save. In the second game, you um had save points. I think it was. I think there were auto saves at certain points in the story, and then also there was like a, a well or something that you could go to, and it would fill your health and your energy and save for you. So that's more sort of what we're used to with modern games um, in that. But I didn't hate the way that the saving worked. It it made for, I think, a, a a bit of frustration, especially early on, but it wasn't too bad once you got used to it.
0: Yeah, you could save at the wells in this game, um, and those wells were the same ones you used to fast travel. Okay, yeah. yeah. And they did fill up yeah, your, I think maybe your health and stuff. Yeah, maybe that's definitive edition as well.
1: Uh, that was probably always like that. I think just in the sequel, I think maybe there was more of them or something. I don't remember exactly how it worked, but it—I'm pretty certain it was not nearly as tied to your energy, anyway. So. Right. It was, yeah. Now yeah, you got me second-guessing it, though. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe what I was reading was wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the sec—the second one—I think came out in t- early 2020, so it wasn't—it wasn't too long ago that I played that one, but it's still been probably over a year. Yeah, I would like to play that one, now that I've I've played this. Yeah, I was going to ask you, actually, um, when you finished this game, were you sort of ready to play a sequel, or are you one... You know, I was saying with um, the uh, Lord of the Rings game, I played through the first one, and I kind of wanted to take a break before playing the second one. Are you the same way with sequels?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, this... My... uh, Yeah, this was a... a great game and I enjoyed it and I would like to come back to this style of game again um, even like this character but not immediately I like to have a bit of a break in between um, play something else and then come back you know and play the sequel same as you
1: yeah I I think you, you almost need a little palate cleanser or something because I I'd considered that maybe like what if we just pl- blasted through both of them and then did a podcast on both at the same time but I decided against that because I thought that that was a good way to get you to not enjoy the second right. one.
0: Yeah, this one was a little long so. anyway. Like, not long, it wasn't a long game, but um, I would not have wanted to just play them both
1: back-to-back and then record. Um, so, yeah, good choice. Cool, yeah, yeah, no, I I definitely, if it was me, I wouldn't have wanted to do that. I know if I would have done that, it would have ruined the second one, so... Um. You know, wait a year, something like that, and then play the second one. Uh, they're um, Xbox Studio games, so they won't be leaving Game Pass. So you have all the time in the world to uh, play through that, as long as you keep your Game Pass subscription. So the up. second
0: one is in Game Pass as well. Oh,
1: great! Yep, yeah. Uh, Microsoft owns oh, the studio, yes. so these are Xbox and PC exclusives, I think. Oh, great! Well then, I will I will download that tonight. <laughs> Um so we said we we weren't going to kind of talk about the story from a spoiler point of view but there were a few parts too that sort of shook up the formula um that we thought were worth mentioning so there was a a couple parts where you were doing the same kind of platforming a little bit of fighting and that kind of stuff but you were running from something and so you had to do it all very man, quickly man those were hard uh, yeah, that that's what I remember of this game as far as anything that stands out as something that I spent a lot of time on. It was that. There there was one where, like, the thing you were in, like a tree or something, was hollow and filling up with yes. water. hmm And you you had to keep going up and up and up. And if you went too slow, the water grabs you, and it was instant I think, death. I
0: think that was pretty recently after you had learned the... Uh the ability that allowed you to launch yourself from uh, projectiles. You could also do it on certain lanterns, um, but launch yourself upwards. So, yeah, you have to do very fast um, um, button work to launch yourself up this tree trunk before the water
1: uh, drowns you. And I did that
0: I don't know how many times. (laughs)
1: yeah that's the kind of thing that's probably easier when you're not streaming it because you know you don't feel embarrassed as much by how it just took you 50 you can't save
0: halfway it's it's like it's fast-paced and it it does not stop until you finish it and like you just figure out like you just get because the timing is everything so you just get this one phase down And then the next phase is all new again. And and like, okay, so I've mastered three phases and you feel like I must be at the end now, but no, there's, there's new six more or whatever. That one was hard, but the worst one, sorry, you're probably going to say, say the same thing, but the, the one that took me the longest and was the hardest, um, maybe of, of the two, like kind of this style was the racing out of the erupting volcano. Um, that one was, I don't know. I just remember that one being so, so, so frustrating. It was near the end of the game. Um, and it just, it just took me forever. Like
1: 30, I don't know. It felt like 30, 40 minutes of trying. (laughs) Yeah. At least at that point you were used to the ability, but yeah, it was, it was much harder. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, it is games like to do. They increase in difficulty as you go along, but, uh, yeah, those were tough, and like, it's funny because when you do it, like when you finish it, the whole section was probably like a minute, maybe a minute and a half, yeah. something like that. But you're spending like forty minutes because you're just dying over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, exactly. But when you do it, oh my god, so satisfying, yeah. so rewarding. I want to <laughs> like do that again.
1: Yeah, and and there were, you know, it was pretty few and far between that you had to do that. There was just the two sections I think that were sort of speed based or you know time time sensitive kind of platforming um so it wasn't wasn't too bad if, if you don't like that kind of thing you can sort of power through it and still enjoy the rest of the yeah,
0: game most of it was very you know relatively chill um just puzzly yeah and some... yeah there were some enemies there were some parts that had a lot of enemies but
1: yeah it certainly wasn't to beat them up yeah i found i found it was um some of the combat was kind of tough um i I do remember dying quite a bit in this game but it, i think you know like i said I, I was saving pretty liberally so i never really lost too much progress because yeah. I, I am one to like spend a lot of time looking around in games so I, I always had quite a bit of health and energy and i do backtrack and stuff like trying to find as much secrets and stuff sure. as i can now which difficulty did you play this on uh, I imagine just normal I don't remember but generally I play everything on normal unless it yeah. looks like it's going to be insane Yeah, I
0: did the same and I am also generally the same um, yeah there's, there's very few games that I
1: will actually switch to easy and I never switch a game to hard <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I, I almost never play on easy I do play on hard sometimes if it's a game that I love and I wanna and want an right. to replay it and kind of want an excuse to replay it Um, but it's pretty rare. I, I pretty much always just stick with the standard difficulty on everything. Um, but yeah, besides sort of the, the combat and the, uh, running away from things, um, there was at least one point, I think maybe just one where you were doing sort of a stealth mechanic. Yeah. When you're running away from the owl or hiding from
0: the owl, um, there's like a, without getting into the story too much, there's, like, a main boss um, who comes back through the whole story named Kuro, and it's a giant. I mean, compared to you, you're just a small little light sprite, but an owl. Um, And it is flying around... I think this is right after the volcano, maybe, or shortly after. I feel like there was, like, fire and stuff happening.
1: (laughs) There was no chill at this part of the game. So
0: you're, like... You're, you're very trying to very quickly make it through, through each little area and then get behind, you know, like a tree or something. Um, and then once that phase is done, like a rock will fall to block the owl. But it was very tense. The music was very tense. And each time it, um, the owl would, like, crash right at the entrance and nearly grab you. Um, and if you took too long getting through that little puzzle, uh, Kuro, she would come and grab you. Um, so that one took me quite a long time, too. Because some of those were, tough. yeah, I
1: remember being stuck there for a while. It was, um, it was also a really cool use of sort of three D backgrounds in a two D game, or you know, almost two point five D or something, um, where you could see the owl in the background, and the whole game yes. is two D, but you can kind of tell when there's something blocking you from the background. So it was almost like, you know, there's the layer that Ori's on and then a layer in behind of like right. trees and stuff. And then in the far background, the owl is sitting there. And if you stepped out into the open, you would see the owl in the background fly up into the air and off screen. And then if you stayed there for a second, it would swoop in and, and pick you up. And it was a really cool use of just like the, the whole art style and and the way that it had that kind of third dimension, even though it was a 2D Yeah, game. that
0: was pretty cool that was a cool scene. That whole, uh, that whole scene was, um, you know, if I, (laughs) it was, yeah, if it wasn't so tense, then I would be able to, I'd like to watch that from some, watch somebody else play that. Um, cause there was a lot going on that I was just sweating and too stressed to look at, uh, just trying to get past (laughs) and like not, not become a owl food, but
1: yeah. yeah. Um, I think there was also a couple of, boss fights in this one I believe I, there were in the sequel for sure and I think there were in this one as well but I don't really remember them yeah,
0: that much yeah um, I mean there was a couple moments that you were trying to get past Kuro the owl uh, there was one boss fight in the beginning I remember where you fought this guy named Gumo um, I think he was a member of he, he looked kind of like a spider but he only had four legs um kind of like two legs and two arms but he kind of walked on all oops bring um walked on all four and you're trying to fight him because he's stolen some I don't know something from a tree that you need um so anyway uh he's the mechanics of that fight I think he's just like jumping up out of the ground and you've got to use your new bash ability onto the ground to to hurt him as he goes back in or something like that it was a yeah. l- it was a couple fights that were were like that um anyway he becomes you know an ally after that fight because you spared him and, and helped him and showed him kindness and then he helps you later on down the road which is quite nice
1: yeah there was because the combat was kind of simple the boss fights often had like mechanics to them where either there was like waves of little enemies or you know, you had to also do some platforming and get up and, and hit a certain thing, so it was kind of more about avoiding the enemy than attacking Often, the yes. enemy. I think there was there was one, you know, where you had to, like, get up top somewhere and drop something on the enemy by, like, smashing something and make it fall and stuff like that. Again, that might have been in the sequel, but um, that's the kind of, of boss fights there were in this game. It was they were all like kind of unique and not your traditional Mm -hmm. boss fight. Um, but the, you know, the majority of the game is mostly just exploration and fighting little enemies and just kind of hopping around. So it was nice to have, you know, a few of these things kind of scattered in and they did give you those good, um, story moments, like you said, where they, uh, you know, introduce new characters and all these things. So, um, I, I didn't find like any of these things really drag on or anything like it was all you know a nice quick break from the main mm-hmm. game sort of Yeah there
0: was a, there, there were a few cut, cut scenes and very little dialogue the only time there was dialogue and it wasn't even like nothing spoke english <laughs> there was um there was words on the screen with uh, like your little light Uh, thing that was following you um, that would speak. And then occasionally a a narration would come up and words would come up on the screen to kind of uh, introduce you to would just continue the story, basically. But other than that, there was no, yeah, there was no speaking, there was no dialogue. It was just enough to keep the story moving.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was like a, you know, they did a lot with a little kind of mm-hmm. with the story. Um, it was a lot of sort of storytelling with art and animations and music. And it, like the animations really conveyed a lot of emotion for the characters and stuff because they were all animals and, you know, spider things and owls and whatever. Um, you know, it was kind of interesting to see them make such sort of well-rounded characters without, them ever really saying much of anything, and you know, two lines of dialogue from a narrator. Yeah,
0: I mean, somehow with the little that they that they gave, they still managed to make me and a lot of people
1: feel quite a lot. Yeah, Um <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good uh, a good time to talk about uh, Steam reviews. Then, if, uh, if there's nothing else you wanted to say about this, Um no, let's hear what everybody else has to say because. It was basically just everyone saying this game was great. I cried a lot. That was the yeah. gist of. Uh, yeah, that's accurate. Which I, you know, I, I'm realizing now, it probably sounds really silly because we're not sort of talking about the story and why it, why everyone found it so emotional. But they, uh, you know, it's I guess enough to say that they did a good job making you, you know, care about these characters and their motivations and stuff. And I think it's it's worth just playing. Just uh, do it for yourself. Try it for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was there was a lot of funny comments about people sort of just talking about how much they cried. Uh one one of the reviews just said, I'll have you know I only cried for twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. another another one said, I cried at the start menu, 11 out of ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right out of the gate. But uh again this this was another really, really well reviewed game. Um, which I think can be summed up by this person who said, I bought it on sale, I refunded it, I waited until the sale ended, and then I bought it for full price. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think uh, I think it was, it was again, a good game. One, one of these days we'll pick something that sucks and we'll do a podcast on that, but well, there's you know, all I think kinds of feel podcasts bad. about things that suck. Yeah, I think I'd feel bad, you know, trying to make him fun of Something. It's like, well, they tried. Somebody put a lot of work into, <laughs> exactly. uh, into this. So. It's hard to make video games, man. Cut them some slack. Exactly. <laughs> yeah So from our point of view, uh how do we feel about this game? Do you want to... Is there anything that we didn't mention that you thought was really cool about this game? Something they did really well? Something that was unique? Anything like that? um
0: Just the overall gameplay was was just really great like it was just different it was it was nice to to play something that wasn't just focused on you know killing enemies and moving forward like um, there was all kinds of different elements different puzzles different abilities that you had that I mean we've said before could get you certain places um, a few different secret areas and uh, yeah it was just I mean also the art style was really beautiful uh it was just really nice to
1: look at it was great great music yeah, we we didn't really mention that um but like that's that's the first thing you notice is like this is i would say one of if not the nicest looking 2d game i've ever played mm-hmm yeah. it's absolutely gorgeous I, I don't know anything about art to like describe the style I'm sure there's a word for it or something that I don't know but it's like it's really colorful it's, it's just like the backgrounds and stuff almost look like paintings or something like it's just yeah. really really nice and the music just suits it perfectly as well
0: it just makes you feel things which I mean is, is all you can ask for with a video game if it makes you care if it makes you yeah. feel something then they've done a great job
1: yeah, and I I I agree too that it was just like it was just fun to play. Like sometimes you play a game, especially kind of platformers and stuff, where it just doesn't feel right. Like there's something I and I can't really put my finger on it, but like you go and play like Mario, even like the old ones on the NES, and they like feel good to play. The jumping feels right, the running feels right, the speeds and everything like feels right. Yeah. And then you play something else that just feels wrong and you can't really put your finger on it because it's kind of the same but it's I don't know there's just a a way to do platforming that works and a way that doesn't and uh, this one just really worked worked. yeah this really worked yeah everything felt like you were in control and the guy was going where you were telling him to go and it was not any you know there's no frustration with the controls or any of that kind of stuff
0: no there was frustration for other reasons but it (laughs) it
1: was mostly just your own
0: incompetence
1: yeah. yeah. Was there was there anything that that stands out to you that you didn't like about this game or anything that you wished was different or
0: um it took me a little bit of time. I don't think this is a fault of the game, but it did take me a little bit of time to get used to remembering to save. Yeah. Um that was like the main thing that I struggled with and i really kicked myself when i died and had to go back <laughs> so far um but once i got the hang of that you know it didn't bother it got me i get that extra energy yeah exactly got enough energy it wasn't a. I wasn't worried about the uh you know the the
1: energy economy um
0: yeah no there was nothing else this game just this game this game was just great
1: yeah especially the definitive edition like the original I could see, I can see why they made the definitive edition and they really did improve on just like the few things that were a little bit annoying. Like the, you know, the inability to fast travel, um, was a pain. And so adding that in was just like such a nice little quality of life feature and like kudos to them for going back and doing that. Cause you, you know, you, you could make a game that's good enough and it's a 9.5 and you say, you know, that's, great let's move on to something else but they were like no no we're gonna take the time we're gonna add some more to this game and make it a 10 and that's always kind of nice to see yeah although they did charge again for it so (laughs) you know it's not totally selfless i guess on their part sure
0: i could see that i mean i didn't play the non-definitive editions but i could see uh, i used fast travel a fair amount i could see that being a pain
1: yeah it was just a lot more time yeah. consuming because you're like, you know, oh, well, I want to go see if I can find anything here. You got to run for 10 minutes, find like some power ups, and then like not all of them. So you're like, well, I'm going to have to come back again later. Well,
0: so yeah, it's... there's a lot of different routes to go too, though. So I found myself like every time I took a turn checking the map to make sure it was the right one. Yeah. So if I had to go back to a hole, like across the map, all the way down to like
1: start again. I would, that would take me a while. Yeah. But it did, that is a good point too, though, that there were a lot of ways to go. So it wasn't like there was no fast traveling and it was one long linear map. It was more like a big rectangle where, you know, it would, might take you a while to get from the top left to the bottom right. But if you were kind of in the middle ish, you could get everywhere relatively quickly. You know, you didn't have to back travel through every area you'd been to so far or anything. So, it's not it wasn't the end of the world i mean it, like i say I'm, I'm pretty sure i 100%ed it the for the like original edition so it obviously wasn't a deal breaker for me 100% i have some work to do <laughs> yeah the games like this i always start them and i start playing them and collecting like a bunch as i go and then i go oh man i'm going to 100% this and then i get about like three quarters of the way done. And I go, man, I'm not going to hundred percent this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting sick of this. And then I finish the game and I look and I'm at like 95%. And I'm just like, ah, <sighs> I guess I'm doing damn it. it. I'm going to hundred percent. So I'll usually go pick them up. But I think I've mentioned before too, like I, I tend to play games while I'm watching TV or something. Oh, yeah. So that helps. Like I wouldn't do something like that without like TV or a podcast or something going. Cause when it gets to that point of the game, it's like, kind of a little bit boring it just becomes something to do with your hands yes i can see that for sure but uh anyways enough about that let's uh let's rate this bad boy yeah sure how uh how'd you feel about the length do you remember how long it took you to beat this one not really no (laughs) Uh, i think it was four streams three to four streams yeah that sounds about right i'd I don't remember how long it took me either. So I looked up sort of the average time to beat and they were saying it was about 10 hours. So I think that that, sounds about right That tracks with what you're saying. Um, did you feel like, so you, you obviously didn't fully explore if you didn't find the secret areas and you didn't, you know, you didn't hundred percent it or anything, but did you find you were getting
0: bored of it or? No, no. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a good length. It could have been longer, and I guess it is. <laughs> so <laughs> I've got yeah. to go back and finish it. Um, but no, I was, I enjoyed it straight to the end. Yeah,
1: I, I think that in a game like this, 10 hours is kind of a good mark as well. Um, it's funny, I've, I feel like we always ask this and we always say, yeah, this was a good length. That seems to be our general answer, but <laughs> it's, you know, it's because we're picking all the best games that did it right. But yeah, I think, you know, any longer, and I, I would have probably started getting bored for the you know the same reason that I wouldn't want to beat this and then go play the sequel right after. Um, you just you start yeah. getting worn out of the combat and stuff at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. did you find this one addictive at all?
0: Um, I mean, this one was was, I guess I'll say it was addictive while I was playing it, but I didn't have a hard time putting it down. After my kind of allotted uh, game time, um, like because I think because it's just a, it's a lot of exploration, it's a lot of puzzling and and stuff, and some stuff that's quite tricky. Um, it was easy to, you know, say, "All right, I'm done for today," but I'm eager to come back. Um, but but no, I mean it wasn't like certainly not to the degree of of other games I've played.
1: Yeah I I had a bit of the like oh there's a collectible right there I could get kind of thing with this game you know like I would be ready to stop playing look at the map and see I was you know two screens over from a health pickup and I'm like okay well I'll just go grab that and then I'll shut it off. And then you go over and get the health pickup, and then you look at the map like an idiot, and you're two screens <laughs> over from an energy pickup, and it's like, okay, well I'll grab that, and then I'll go to bed. And then you look, and you you know it's like an hour past when you were planning to go to bed, and it's just like, ugh, I've done this again. But other I than that, I didn't find it too bad. That's probably because I didn't
0: do much of that. I spent a, like a period in the and near in the middle, getting a bunch of them, and then I kind of you know left yeah. it unless I was going past.
1: That's kind of a smart way to do it too, I think. Um, I yeah, I tend to whenever I'm going through an area, see if I can like if there's anything else I can find. And I think in this game too, most of the collectibles were like energy and health power-ups. But there there were a few other ones too, I think that either gave you like experience or something and yeah. I don't remember exactly. I think there were some that were pointless and some that were helpful.
0: There were some that um, I remember there were some that gave you like a little experience and then I think someone might correct me on this that there was some that actually just like leveled you up.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I I don't know if it just gave you a big shot of experience or maybe it just gave you a full level up or something. I I don't remember exactly how that worked or an ability point or something that you could spend or I forget exactly how the leveling worked.
0: I feel like there were some that gave you an ability point. But, yeah, the experienced ones were less, you know, um, you know,
1: they were just less exciting to, to go for for me. Yeah, so. One thing that was nice, though, about this game, too, that's worth mentioning for people who do like collecting everything is there were abilities near the end of the ability tree that let you see where your unfound collectibles were, basically. Right, yes. And there were some that showed just... It just put them on the map so you would know, okay, well, there's something over there. And I think there were some that showed, like, invisible areas. There were places where you could kind of walk through the wall or things like that. And unless you walked over there, you wouldn't know. You could usually kind of tell as you were passing by. But, yeah, there was something that put them all on the map. So it wasn't hard to go back and find all the rest of the collectibles at the end. Which is also what kind of drove me to do it. That I was just like, oh, this is, you know, it's only going to take me like a half an hour. I may as well 100% this. And yeah, just, it's not like then I can say just, I did it.
0: It's not like you had to just keep searching all Yeah, or like to look up a guide them. or something. No.
1: It's like at that point, I wouldn't have bothered. So they, they did kind of make it so it was a little bit more fun. You could just play through and go find all that stuff. Mm hmm. Um so we talked about sort of a couple of parts that were difficult um and and or frustrating. Uh I think we pretty much covered anything I can think of that was annoying about it. Would you say overall the game was was difficult and frustrating or just sort of a no. few spots here and there?
0: No, I think played on normal this game was the right amount of challenging but no, the only parts we've already, we've already talked about the only parts um, that were like, do it over and over and over again, challenging were, um, you know, those running away from the volcano and the water tree, blah, 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 um, hiding from the, 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 owl, but everything else was like, was there were challenges, but they were easy enough to, to uh, overcome once you tried them a couple times. It was the right amount of difficult for me
1: yeah yeah I think I I would agree with that too like I wouldn't say this was an overall frustrating game but it was relatively difficult but I think if you turn the difficulty down it would you know it would take away definitely a lot of the combat difficulty and I'm guessing it probably even you know slows things down for some of those time sensitive things and stuff and you know you could make it less frustrating basically if you wanted to do you know what now
0: that you mentioned that I think I actually did do that on, um, in the middle of the volcano, uh, after I had tried it for maybe twenty minutes, I think I just went into the pause menu to like, you know, wipe away my sweat, um, <laughs> and saw it say difficulty, and I think yeah. I, I think I did switch it to easy, and it was a little easier, but not a whole lot, not in this area anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's nice that you could do that though. Like, that's a good feature to halfway. You know, yeah. I don't know. There's no. There's no point wasting no. your time doing something that's frustrating you. As, you know, if it's, it's just going to make hobby. you stop
0: playing, and that's not what the yeah, devs want.
1: Exactly. So, um, well, if there's nothing else that you've got to say, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say. Other than, uh, let's play this game. Sl- yeah, definitely play this game, and uh, let's slap a number on it. Okay. Um, out of ten. What do you want to give Ori and the Blind Forest?
0: 11.
1: <laughs> because it made you cry in the start menu. Yes. <laughs> I
0: agree with Steam reviewer 86751.
1: Yeah. So you really like this game?
0: Yeah, this was a good choice. This was a really like, you know, it was just good all around. It was good because uh, it didn't it wasn't too addictive. It was good because it had a great story. It was fun to play. Um and it wasn't too long you know it fit the bill it hit all the marks it was a great all-around game
1: yeah that's true i think i think i'd probably you know go around the 9.5 10 range as well it, there's there's really not much you could say about this game that's negative it nope. was just a, it was solid on on all fronts
0: yeah we really and need again, to try like some the, shittier games yeah
1: yeah i'll find we'll do a whole episode on Terrible. stuff like a bunch of fives. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes, you know, sometimes it's fun. Yeah. I mean, we played a few, I guess. Like uh, some of those, the like physics games and stuff weren't necessarily the best games, and th- they can still be a lot of fun in the right circumstance. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So we'll we'll shake it up. We've been we've been kind of all over the place so far. So we may as well keep that train rolling and find something all over the place for the next ten episodes. Sounds
0: good. Oh, speaking of, this is our 10th tenth, po- tenth episode. That's so exciting. Yes,
1: our, our first mini milestone, I guess, which, you know, it's only 10, but That's, okay, it's 10 more than we had this time last year. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal for a little for a little, po- little podcast like us. <laughs> little mom and <mom>, pa podcast <laughs> like we got. Because it was our 10th episode and a little, um, you know, as a little celebratory thing, I thought I would... Uh, Ask you a few questions about sort of what your favorites were under a series of categories um, out of all the ones we've talked about so far. So we've, we've rated them all with our weird rating system that keeps changing and really is all over the place. Um, But we, we often don't really rate on, you know, things like art style and music and, and stuff like that. So I've come up with a bunch of categories and I just want to ask you what you like the best in that category out of, I think it's been 12, it was 10 episodes, but I think we've done 12 games because one of our episodes was about three. That's right. Um, sure. So I'm going to dive right in and, uh, out of, out of all these games, which one had your favorite art style?
0: Oh, that would definitely be Genesis Noir.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that's, there for me as well art, art style for me is probably a toss-up between genesis noir and and ori and the blind forest um which are wildly different ori was was much more beautiful uh genesis noir just had that simplistic mm-hmm. feel and it sort of that gritty old cartoon look um that was
0: it was just, just different so unique so, so interesting and so
1: unique yeah that's yeah it's kind of funny that you know we both gave our best art style to the black and white game but (laughs) i I mean black and white is an art style i guess that's right it's not just about color and and stuff it's about you know the way they use it so yeah for sure um what about music which was which game had your favorite music uh i really liked the music in katana zero their first game yeah yeah that uh it had the like headset that you put on and give you the track list and stuff yeah. I, I'm not. I don't remember the music in that so much. I feel like it was kind of techno-y It was pretty techno,
0: right? pretty yeah, you know, beat heavy. But it really fit the uh, the combat style. And, yeah, and I, you know, I just felt like I, I just felt good playing that game. I just uh, yeah, you know, thinking about it now, I might,
1: I might pick it up again. But um, yeah, that game was a ton of fun. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I think. I think I'm gonna have to give it to Hypno Space for best music. Oh, sure. <laughs> Cause there was just so much and so much like original music and spanning all these different genres. And I still have the granny creams, hot butter ice cream uh, theme song stuck in my head every day. All day, every day. Can you day, give us a day. little more of that one? Uh, Maybe we'll splice it in. I'm not going to try. <laughs> I'm not going to try and uh, <laughs> sing that one for you. it's no, too bad. <laughs> um, how about uh, for story? Which one was your favorite story?
0: Oh, that would go to this most recent one. Ori in the Blind Forest was a great, uh, you know, simple but moving story. I think it might have been, you know, actually toss up between this and uh, what remains of Edith Finch. They were mm-hmm. the most moving stories and they both, you know, made me feel things, which is, you know, which is what you want from a good story. They made me feel, they made me cry, they made me, yeah, just feel Yeah.
1: I think we have different tastes in stories I, I mean I, I really did like Ori and What Remains of Edith Finch but um, for me the, my favorite story of all the ones we done was uh, Katana Zero because it was, oh, that it was, was weird too. and confusing mm-hmm. and you know you could kind of interact with it a little bit and, and like make decisions and stuff and I, I love the story in that game it was just it had me on the edge of my seat like what what the hell is going on in this game like what's happening here no, that was oh, a fantastic I, I like story. A good, yeah, I love a good thriller. Um, which one? Which one was your favorite to stream? Um, I'm uh, <laughs>
0: I would give that to that's the stout talking. Uh, human fall flat. I really enjoyed streaming that, mostly because, um, you know, there was a lot of of viewer participation. Um they were kind of helping me out in certain parts where I just couldn't figure out how to move forward. Um, so it was a lot of fun to interact with the viewers with that game. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just fun to stream. It was funny. There was a lot of laughs. But,
1: yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to make you guess at what my, so what was my favorite to watch out of all the ones you've done? Man of Medan. <laughs> My favorite was Man of Medan. Uh huh. Yeah. It was entertaining. <laughs> and uh, not, you know, it's not just cruel, like, you know, wanting to see you scared. I, it was it was interesting. It was interesting to see you persevere, not just being scared, but also, <laughs> you know, some of your squeaks and, and, and or manly yells were, uh, quite funny as well. There were none of those. It was, it was quite, it was clip worthy and it was, uh, I don't know. It was all, overall, it was just a good time. Yeah, I, mean, I can. I mean, I watched them back afterwards, and I laughed at myself.
0: But <laughs> in the moment, oh yeah. my goodness,
1: yeah. No, that was a uh, that it was it was funny. It was probably my my uh, or the one that was the funniest to watch for yeah. sure. Which yep. is kind of silly because it's the least funny game.
0: But, I'm glad you enjoyed
1: yourself. Um, on the flip side, what was your least favorite to stream? Uh,
0: I'm gonna say Forager. Just because that really? was, um, you know, I just w- while I really enjoyed that game, um, it was like I don't know. I just don't find it was very. I didn't find it was very interesting to stream, to interesting to watch, and yeah. and, and I wasn't. I didn't find it easy for me to talk during it because, <laughs> you know, for that game, you probably can identify. I I think I spent most of it mouth like a (laughs) gape staring (laughs) at the screen um just waiting for my you know my clocks to 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 end waiting you know just mining constantly all all these things going on i i don't feel like it was very interesting to watch and i often forgot that i was streaming it (laughs) because
1: yeah 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 i could see that i guess um I, I I was thinking that you would have said Hypnospace just because of the, Same the type amount of thing. text. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Forager, I guess, it def, it definitely could be tough without, you know, a lot of chat talking not about the game. Yes. You know, because there's just not that much to say. Like, what are you doing? I'm whacking some rocks. Exactly. <laughs> or what are you doing now, 12 hours later, whacking some different rocks? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. Which, uh, which out of everything we've done has been your favorite to talk about on the podcast? I really enjoyed the Battletoads episode. Um, yeah, I feel like that was the kind of the silliest, the
0: just kind of the funniest, um, episode. And, you know, we had three different Battletoads games to compare and, and, um, you know, spanning over like something like 30 years, uh, or so, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, something about that episode, something about those games. They were just really, f- really fun to talk about.
1: Yeah. It probably wasn't my favorite to talk about in the sense of like, out of all the games we've done that, that's one of the least memorable ones for me, but it, that was a really fun episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I might, I think you'd, you know what my favorite to talk about is the game. I will never stop talking about is uh hypno outlaw, uh-huh. <laughs> but, uh, Uh, I think Katana Zero is a a close second on that as well for the for the same reasons like I just the story was so interesting to me I just want to talk about it all the time yes yes I understand and that's why
0: that's why you're doing this podcast
1: that's that's why (laughs) That's why we're here yeah what about uh difficulty and frustration which what do you think was the the hardest thing you've beat for this podcast you know funny enough that's gonna also be Battletoads Really? So you're surprising me with a lot of these. I would have thought Katana Zero was way harder than Battletoads.
0: Um, there there were definite parts of it, but I don't find I was f- as frustrated with Katana Zero because I just loved it so much. Um, yeah. The, it was just really satisfying to keep doing it until you got it. Battletoads had some moments, some, not the, the bulk of the game, but had some moments that just kind of really just frustrated me.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> I'm sticking to it.
1: Well, I I there's no point even asking this one, but uh which one was the most addictive? Hmm, Forager. <laughs> Could have been anything. <laughs> that's gonna be yeah, no, it was going to be Forager. for me as well, 100% Forager was uh definitely definitely addictive. Um now we're going to we're going to get into some overalls. Um what are your what are your top 3 just overall? if you had to rate these games which three do you think are the best three Uh, in order from sure best to third
0: okay katana zero
1: forager and ori nice yeah a lot of love for katana zero from both of us first game it's yeah yeah i mean there's that but like it's weird because it's not a game that i don't really know anybody that's played it i've never really seen anybody talking about it like it just kind of came out of nowhere but it was awesome so good I can't recommend that one enough. Yeah, yeah that that's number two for me. Obviously, again behind <laughs> Hypnospace. Space, <hypnospaced. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and uh, I I've got Cardo coming in at, at number three. I really really liked Cardo. Mm-hmm.
0: that was a great game. That didn't make it on my list so far, but uh, I I did also love that game. There's no no hate for Cardo. Um,
1: let's let's throw some shade. What what was your least favorite out of all of them? <laughs> uh, you're gonna you're gonna um. <laughs> <for> this, <laughs>
0: um actually, you know, it's a toss up um between tabs and hypnospace.
1: Yeah. Man, two of my oh, favorites. Sorry, I know. <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's partially why I want to do this too, is is uh to, you know, see what you like, what you don't like, and help me uh choosing things in the future. Well, no f- Although it is, you know, it's still fun to make you do a little bit of everything yeah and it's also
0: not not interesting if we
1: agree on everything that's true yeah yeah um for me yeah i think my my least favorite was probably like human fall flat um or maybe man of medan but like you know i picked all these games because i really love them so it's like what's your least favorite of like you know 10 of your favorite things is kind of what we're asking here it's like picking Um, your least um, favorite child Yeah. (laughs) So speaking of, that's my next question. I mean you know it, but you're never gonna say it. (laughs) (laughs) Um I had something there, but that really (laughs) that really threw me off from whatever I was about to ask you. (laughs) Uh so I'll just move on to the next question then. Um out of all of these, which one do you think stuck with you the most? Like, which one were you still thinking about? You know, weeks, months after you played it. Um.
0: That would be Katana Zero for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I I cheated a little bit and I I put down more than one for this, but yeah, for me it was it was Hypno Space, Katana Zero, and uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm-hmm. All of those really stuck with me. Yeah. Um, oh I just remember what I was going to say. Out of the least favorite, I forgot that we did other Battletoads games when I was looking, so when I said we did 12 games, we actually did 14 because we did two of the older Battletoads games. So, for for least favorite game with that in mind, it's probably the original Battletoads oh, yeah. <laughs> which, like you know, that. is a product of its time, uh-huh. so it that doesn't that's kind of a cop out, I think. Um so my last question, the last thing I want to know is what are you looking forward to doing more of in the future? Well, you know, after this episode, I'm going to say Ori,
0: because there's all kinds of stuff that I've, you know, missed and uh, and need to find those secret dungeons.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. This one, and then uh, wait a couple months, and then play the uh, might, play the sequel. Yeah, I
0: might just do that. These, these, this yeah, was a great well, game, so definitely have I'll to have get to that find. Sequel.
1: Yeah, we'll have to check out some other Metroidvanias, too. Maybe we can uh, try out uh, Hollow Knight or something. That was another really good one. Sure. Let's do that. All right, well, that's it. That was kind of fun. I think maybe we'll have to do this again at our next uh, next milestone, which, I don't know, would be the 50th episode or something. It'd be a long time from now. Yeah, we're not going to do it we every could do 10. Every, every 10 or something. No,
0: maybe 25. 25's a milestone.
1: So that's it for this episode um again we mentioned in the last one we're sort of slowing down a bit over the summer um so but i think when this one comes out we might be putting out another one two weeks after um, but we haven't really decided yet so look for a next episode in two to four weeks depending on how we're <laughs> feeling Depends how the summer or the rest of the summer goes. Yeah. yeah. Ask us in August and we'll see what we want to do. Yeah. Uh, that gives the game away, I guess, because this is coming out in August. So we're definitely right now in August and no one can prove otherwise. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, yeah, we're recording this in August, not the 13th of July. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely
1: not. So, we do have something lined up, though, for the next episode. Um, You've been playing a little bit of Ukulele and the Impossible Lair, which is the second ukulele game. And since we're kind of taking a little hiatus over the summer, I was thinking that I might get you to play the first ukulele game as well. So, on the next episode, I think that is what we'll be talking about. Hopefully, kind of both of those at once. If we find the time to play them
0: mm-hmm yeah I mean it's gonna be a crazy summer but we're gonna do our best
1: but yeah I mean that's
0: it that's that's all that's all she wrote that's all we're doing good night see you later <laughs> <laughs> um but you know Click. while you're <laughs> while you're going why don't you uh head over to twitch and uh go to twitch.tv slash rogdev r-o-g-d-e-v and come to watch some of the streams. Um, We stream all the games that we talk about. You can catch up on all the old streams by subscribing to No Time to Game on YouTube. Uh, We're also on Discord. You can join our Discord server with the link in that podcast description. Got important announcements, general chatter. If you're, you know, more into good old-fashioned emails, send your questions, comments, or game suggestions to notimepod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to No Time to Game. If you've been listening for these full 10 episodes i just want to say thank you so much you are you know the best and you've been with us for you know the past couple months adventure and i hope you stay for the rest hope you're here for the next milestone that would be awesome be sure to subscribe wherever you get those podcasts if you haven't already so you can be notified of all of the upcoming episodes as always press x to skip the credits